Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Upstream current, the tide, which is a thing soon explained and clear enough. Six hours... The waters run in, and six hours they run out. And the reason is this. When there is higher water in the sea than in the river, they run in until the river gets to be highest, and then it runs out again. The waters in the woods and on the great lakes run downward until they lie like my hand, said the Indian stretching the limb horizontally before him, and then they run no more. No honest man will deny it, said the scout, a little nettled at the implied distrust of his explanation on the mystery of the tides. And I grant that it is true on the small scale and where the land is level. But everything depends on what scale you look at things. Now on the small scale the earth is level but on the large scale it is round. In this manner, pools and ponds, and even the great freshwater lakes, may be stagnant, as you and I both know they are, having seen them. But when you come to spread water over a great tract like the sea, where the earth is round, how in reason can the water be quiet? You might as well expect the river to lie still on the brink of those black rocks a mile above us, though our own ears tell you that it is tumbling over them at this very moment. If unsatisfied by the philosophy of his companion, the Indian was far too dignified to betray his unbelief. He listened like one who was convinced, and resumed his narrative in his former solemn manner. We came from the place where the sun is hid at night over great plains, where the buffaloes live, until we reached the big river. There we fought the Aligui, till the ground was red with their blood. From the banks of the big river to the shores of the salt lake, there was none to meet us. The Maquas followed at a distance. We said the country should be ours, from the place where the water runs up no longer on this stream to a river, twenty suns' journey toward the summer. We drove the Maquas into the woods with the bears. They only tasted salt at the licks. They drew no fish from the great lake. We threw them the bones. All this I have heard and believe, said the white man, observing that the Indian paused. 
but it was long before the English came into the country. A pine grew then, where this chestnut now stands. The first pale faces who came among us spoke no English. They came in a large canoe, when my fathers had buried the tomahawk with the red men around them. Then, Hawkeye, he continued, betraying his deep emotion, only by permitting his voice to fall to those low guttural tones, which render his language as spoken at times so very musical. Then, Hawkeye, we were one people, and we were happy. The salt lake gave us its fish, the wood its deer, and the air its birds. We took wives who bore us children. We worshipped the Great Spirit, and we kept the Maquas beyond the sound of our songs of triumph. "'Know you anything of your own family at that time?' demanded the White. "'But you are just a man for an Indian, and I suppose you hold their gifts. Your fathers must have been brave warriors, and wise men at the council fire. My tribe is the grandfather of nations.' but I am an unmixed man. The blood of chiefs is in my veins, where it must stay forever. The Dutch landed and gave my people the fire-water. They drank until the heavens and earth seemed to meet, and they foolishly thought they had found the Great Spirit. Then they parted with their land. Foot by foot they were driven back from the shores, until I, that am a chief and a sagamore, have never seen the sunshine but through the trees, and have never visited the graves of my fathers. Graves bring solemn feelings over the mind, returned the scout, a good deal touched at the calm suffering of his companion, and they often aid a man in his good intentions, though, for myself, I expect to leave my own bones unburied, to bleach in the woods, or be torn asunder by the wolves. But where are to be found those of your race who came to their kin in the Delaware country so many summers since? Where are the blossoms of those summers? Fallen, one by one. So all of my family departed, each in his turn, to the land of spirits. I am on the hilltop, and must go down into the valley. And when Uncas follows in my footsteps, there will no longer be any of the blood of the Sagamores, for my boy is the last of the Mohicans. Uncas is here, said another voice in the same soft guttural tones near his elbow. Who speaks for Uncas? The white man loosened his knife in his leathern sheath and made an involuntary movement of the hand toward his rifle at this sudden interruption. But the Indian sat composed and without turning his head at the unexpected sounds. At the next instant a youthful warrior passed between them with a noiseless step, and seated himself on the bank of the rapid stream. No exclamation of surprise escaped the father, nor was any question asked or reply given for several minutes each appearing to await the moment when he might speak, without betraying womanish curiosity or childish impatience. The white man 
seemed to take counsel from their customs, and, relinquishing his grasp of the rifle, he also remained silent and reserved. At length Chingachgook turned his eyes slowly toward his son and demanded, Do the Maquas dare to leave the print of their moccasins in these woods? I have been on their trail, replied the young Indian, and know that they number as many as the fingers of my two hands. But they lie hid like cowards. The thieves are outlying for scalps and plunder, said the white man, whom we shall call Hawkeye, after the manner of his companions. That busy Frenchman, Montcalm, will send his spies into our very camp, but he will know what road we travel. "'Tis enough," returned the father, glancing his eye toward the setting sun. "'They shall be driven like deer from their bushes. Hawkeye, let us eat to-night, and show the Maquas that we are men to-morrow. I am as ready to do one as the other, but to fight the Iroquois tis necessary to find the skulkers, and to eat tis necessary to get the game. Talk of the devil, and he will come.' There's a pair of the biggest antlers I have seen this season, moving the bushes below the hill. Now, Uncas, he continued in a half-whisper, and laughing with a kind of inward sound, like one who had learned to be watchful, I will bet my charger three times full of powder against a foot of wampum that I take him atwixt the eyes, and nearer to the right than the left. It cannot be! said the young Indian, springing to his feet with youthful eagerness. "'Oh, but the tips of his horns are hid!' "'He's a boy,' said the white man, shaking his head while he spoke, and addressing the father. "'Does he think, when a hunter sees a part of a creature, he can't tell where the rest of him should be?' Adjusting his rifle, he was about to make an exhibition of that skill on which he so much valued himself when the warrior struck up the piece with his hand, saying, "'Hawkeye, will you fight the Maquas? "'These Indians know the nature of the woods, as it might be by instinct,' returned the scout, dropping his rifle and turning away, like a man convinced of his error. "'I must leave the buck to your arrow, Uncas, or we may kill a deer for them thieves, the Iroquois, to eat.' The instant the father seconded this intimation, by an expressive gesture of the hand, Uncas threw himself on the ground and approached the animal with weary movements. When within a few yards of the cover, he fitted an arrow to his bow with the utmost care, while the antlers moved as if their owner snuffed an enemy in the tainted air. In another moment the twang of the cord was heard, a white streak was seen glancing into the bushes and the wounded buck plunged from the cover to the very feet of his hidden enemy. Avoiding the horns of the infuriated animal, Uncas darted to his side, and passed his knife across the throat. When bounding to the edge of the river it fell, dyeing the water with its blood. "'Twas done with Indian skill,' said the scout, laughing inwardly, but with vast satisfaction. "'And twas a pretty sight to behold.' though an arrow is a near shot, and needs a knife to finish the work. Huh! ejaculated his companion, turning quickly, like a hound who scented game. By the Lord, there's a drove of them! exclaimed the scout, 
whose eyes began to glisten with the ardor of his usual occupation. If they come within range of a bullet, I will drop one, though the whole six nations should be lurking within sound. What do you hear, Chinchgotchcook? For to my ears the woods are dumb. There is but one deer, and he is dead, said the Indian, bending his body to his ear nearly touched the earth. I hear the sounds of feet. Perhaps the wolves have driven the buck to shelter, and are following on his trail. No, the horses of white men are coming, returned the other, raising himself with dignity, and resuming his seat on the log with his former composure. Hawkeye, they are your brothers. Speak to them. That I will, and in English that the king needn't be ashamed to answer, returned the hunter, speaking in the language of which he boasted. But I see nothing, nor do I hear the sounds of man or beast. Tis strange that an Indian should understand white sounds, better than a man who his very enemies will own has no cross in his blood. Although he may have lived with the redskins long enough to be suspected. Ha! There goes something like the crackling of a dry stick, too. Now I hear the bushes move. Yes, yes. There is a trampling that I mistook for the falls, and— But here they come themselves. God keep them from the Iroquois. End of chapter 3 This recording by Gary W. Sherwin of Yukon, Pennsylvania In the summer of 2007